strangest thing happens when you become the parent of a toddler. Suddenly you become aware of how ubiquitous Mickey Mouse is. I'm serious about this. Prior to being the parent of a toddler, one goes about one's day utterly oblivious to the presence of Mickey Mouse in just about every public venue one walks into. And if not Mickey, then Minnie, or Donald, or Pluto, or some other member of the gang. I'm telling you folks, these characters are everywhere. Walk into a gas station, Mickey. Walk into a grocery store, Mickey. Walk into a restaurant, or a doctor's office, or a place of business, Mickey's going to be there. Like a real-life Where's Waldo, one can always find Mickey Mouse if one is really looking for him. And that is precisely what toddlers do. They look. And oh, do they find. There's Mickey, they scream. There's Donald, there's Daisy. Yes, all day, every day, we are moving in and out of spaces where the presence of Mickey Mouse and his friends constantly surrounds us. But until we are prompted to look, which is what our toddlers do for us, they prompt us to look. Until we are prompted to look, we go about our daily lives utterly oblivious to Mickey's near constant presence around us. Which leads me to a word on watch words, and you'll soon see why. Watch words are words or phrases that serve as a shorthand for a community's core commitments. Watch words are words or phrases that, in a certain sense, serve as a lens through which a community looks at and interprets reality. In short, watch words prompt a community to look, to watch, to see things more clearly. Just like toddlers prompting adults to more clearly recognize the presence of Mickey Mouse all around them, watchwords help a community recognize the presence of other things all around them. Moreover, watchwords help a community remember what it values and honors most, what it aims toward what it aspires to. That's the function of watchwords. And when it comes to the Christian church, the adoption of watchwords harkens back to earlier days of the faith. When Christian communities would choose watchwords that would clarify their mission 
and make them more attuned to the work of God in their midst. Watchwords. Well, I bring up Mickey Mouse this morning so as to bring up watchwords this morning so as to say this morning at the top of this Pentecost Sunday sermon that I think we do well to reintroduce watchwords into Christian community. I think we as Christians, just like parents who need toddlers to help them see the presence of Mickey Mouse all around them, I think we as Christians need watchwords to help us recognize the presence of God's Holy Spirit all around us. Because like adults walking in and out of gas stations and grocery stores oblivious to Disney characters, most of us walk in and out of our daily lives oblivious to the constant movement of God's Spirit everywhere. And that is why a reclamation of watchwords is so vital. Because once these words prompt us to look, we will suddenly see that the Holy Spirit is no less active in the world today than it was when it first poured out that long ago day on Pentecost. But in saying that, I'm getting slightly ahead of myself because I'm not quite ready to talk about that first day of Pentecost yet. And I'm also not ready to start naming watchwords yet either. All of that's coming, I promise. But not yet. Because for now, I want to quickly talk about the power of the tongue about the power of our words as human beings to hurt or to heal, to inspire or to incite, to make peace or to make enmity, to sow joy or to sow bitterness. James, the brother of Jesus, writes that despite its small size, the tongue can wreak untold havoc. Oh, how great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, he writes. Going on then to say, and the tongue is a fire. His point is both as clear as it is true. The way we choose to speak to one another has ramifications far larger than we can ever really know. For the tongue, James writes, is a small member, yet it is a very powerful thing. A very powerful thing. Remember that line. And so now to Pentecost. 
On the day of Pentecost, the story begins in Acts chapter 2. All the disciples were together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then divided tongues as of fire appeared among them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, just a quick check-in to make sure we're all together still. Divided tongues as a fire. They began speaking in other tongues, in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. We've got that, right? Okay, good, moving on. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, was astonished. Because they heard the disciples speaking in these different tongues, in these different languages. And all were amazed and astonished. They were astonished. And so ends the story. And I promise we will come back to it. For now, though, I want to shift gears again, and I want to go back to what I was saying about watchwords. About how watchwords help a community clarify its aims and more clearly recognize the work of God in the world around us. And about how we as a boulevard community would do well to reclaim such watchwords ourselves. And so today, on this Pentecost Sunday, I am going to supply us with a few such watchwords. Words that I think will help us clarify our aims as a community. And words that I think will help us better recognize the Holy Spirit of God at work all around us. You ready to hear them? You're going to love them. Spend a lot of time thinking about them. They're really great. You might even recognize them. So here they are. These are the words I propose that we begin treating as watchwords at Boulevard Baptist Church. I've compiled ten of them, so listen closely. You ready? They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Sound familiar? The fruits of the Spirit according to Galatians chapter 5. There's a reason that we say these words together at the end of each worship service. It's so that these words will get inside of us. It's so that these words will become a part of us. 
It's so that these words will begin to guide us. It's so that these words will become a default orientation for us. And today, I reintroduce this ancient concept of watchwords because I want to also point out that we say these words each week because these are our watchwords. As Christians and as members of Boulevard Baptist Church particularly, these are our watchwords. Which means that these words, if we will allow them, can help clarify our aim as a church community and can help us begin to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit all around us daily. Which leads me back to the Pentecost story from Acts chapter 2. Divided tongues as of fire came over the disciples, the story says. Divided tongues as of fire. And with this, the disciples ran out into the streets and started speaking in different languages, in unnatural languages, in supernatural languages, as, quote, the Spirit gave them ability. And all who looked on were astonished, the text tells us. Astonished by the disciples' ability to speak, by the disciples' capacity to use their tongues in such amazing, such unnatural ways. It's a remarkable story. And one that we read each year at Pentecost and marvel at, but all the while think, but why does that kind of thing never happen in the world now? I go out into the street each day, we think to ourselves. Never once have I seen the Holy Spirit come upon me or come upon another in such a way. Am I right? We've never seen anything like that, we think. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit still work in the world like that? Well, listen closely to this because here comes the point of the sermon. The Holy Spirit does still work in the world like that. But lest we have watchwords to help us recognize it, we're liable to walk through our daily lives utterly oblivious to it. And so as to make my point, let me tell you a story. A story about one of our own beloved members, Robbie Prince Andrews. A story that took place just one week ago today. Last Sunday morning, Robbie was on her way to church, driving down 81, went to change lanes, when suddenly there was a fast-moving vehicle on her tail, laying on the horn and displaying wildly irrational road rage. 
For her part, Robbie continued on to church, the horn blowing behind her for another half mile, and then turned into the church parking lot. Well, instead of continuing on with his day, the driver of this vehicle followed Robbie into the parking lot, still blowing his horn, mind you. And as Robbie got out of her vehicle, so too did he. Then, approaching her aggressively, this belligerent man proceeded to tell Robbie that she had cut him off, which she hadn't, that he had already called the police, that she must stay put until the police arrived, and that when the police did arrive, they would be taking her to jail. I know it's a story that baffles belief, but appalling as it is, it's true. Just last Sunday, Well, Robbie got back in her car and waited for the police to arrive. And when the police finally did arrive, Robbie got out of her car and joined the two officers in a conference with the belligerent driver. And here, once more, the man proceeded to berate Robbie and to enjoin the police officers to put her in jail. Well, the officers promptly told the man that no, they would not be putting her in jail that in fact he'd had no business calling them and that it was time for him to be moving along. Well, this further enraged the man and he let his anger and disgust be made known, saying some harsh words to Robbie and then some harsh words to the officers too. At which point Robbie then said this to the man and here's the point of the story. I need to go ahead and get into worship now. You're welcome to join us if you'd like to. We'd love to have you. You're welcome to join us if you'd like to. We'd love to have you. Don't tell me the Holy Spirit does not still come over Christian disciples today in the same ways that it came over those disciples on that first Pentecost. Robbie Prince Andrew spoke to that man last Sunday in an altogether different language, in a supernatural language. She spoke to him in the tongues of angels. And I have no doubt that that man and those officers standing by were every bit as astonished by her words of love and peace and generosity and self-control as ever those bystanders were that long ago day in Jerusalem. Yes, the Holy Spirit is every bit as active in the world today as it was back then. We simply fail to recognize it. Bring these watchwords to the fore, however. And suddenly we begin to see it everywhere. Have that watchword love ever before us like a pair of glasses? And suddenly we'll see the love of the Holy Spirit virtually everywhere we go. Have that watchword joy ever before us like a pair of glasses? 
And suddenly we'll see the joy of the Holy Spirit in places we never imagined we might encounter joy. Have peace and patience and kindness and generosity and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control ever before us. And suddenly we'll recognize the violent wind of the Holy Spirit rushing through the very rooms and the very spaces that we daily inhabit as disciples. Yes, set before ourselves these watchwords. And watch as the Holy Spirit comes alive for us, just as it did for those first disciples on the day of Pentecost. Divided tongues as of fire, Luke says of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Divided tongues as of fire. Oh, how appropriate that language and that description is. For our tongues are divided by the Holy Spirit. Divided into natural and unnatural tongues. Natural and supernatural tongues. Tongues like that man who accosted Robbie last week. That's a natural tongue. More extreme than most, no doubt, but nonetheless, perfectly natural. To use our words to express anger. Bitterness, malice, to use our words to express resentment, hatred, envy. Nothing comes more naturally to us than that. We're all capable of it. We're all guilty of it. But to use our words to express love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, gentleness and self-control. Nothing is less natural for us than that. Which is another way of saying nothing is more supernatural for us when we do. But oh, how great a forest is set ablaze when we do. For just as a harsh word or a flurry of invective can spread like a virus, so too can a kind word not only turneth away wrath, but can likewise set ablaze an entire forest of kindness in response. Yes, James is right. The tongue is a small member, yet it is a very powerful thing. On this Pentecost Sunday, let us as a church family covenant to use our tongues, as Robbie used hers, to speak out of our watchwords. 
And on this Pentecost Sunday, let us as a church family covenant to use these watchwords as the glasses through which we see reality so that we might recognize how powerful and active God's Holy Spirit is in this world even yet. Yes, on this Pentecost Sunday, just as on that Pentecost Sunday, when divided tongues as of fire are ever before us, let us speak in those supernatural tongues like Robbie did, thereby setting the world around us ablaze with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And now as